Hello and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff, and at the table with me are Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael, they debate, they discuss, they deliberate, and this week they are deliberating a topic that I chose, and that is Mount Rushmore of summer as a kid. Now, this Thursday, today, is the first day of summer, so they are going to entertain me by sharing some memories that they may have of those youthful, wonderful, responsibility-less free halcyon days of summer um, those seems like those seem like normal adjectives. Those are normal <laughs> yeah. adjectives. The salad days. Those are things that people say. They're sure, sure they are. Sure they are. Um, so, I think we all kind of intuit what this uh, topic is about. It's about what it was like to have those three months where you didn't have much responsibility and got to mm-hmm. goof around, do whatever you want to, as a young person. And Michael is going to start. Uh, my first choice is sleeping in. Oh, okay. also on my list. Good. Wow. I know, I know you're a big sleeper. I like me to nap. I like that. I thought they're going to well, hear about your summer inactivities <laughs> is what you're going to tell me. There is, you know, maybe it's something that also kind of hits on the weekend for the, for the average kid. But when summer comes along and you just have that knowledge that Monday I can sleep in as late as I want, at least that first week, yeah. the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Where you don't have to get up at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock to get to school. Uh-huh. There's no greater feeling of freedom <laughs> it's like i can get what i want i can get up and have breakfast i can have cereal i can do i can watch my cartoons in the morning i yeah. don't have to go off somewhere i'm not hassled by mom or dad it's such a great feeling of yeah. just sleeping yeah and sleeping in you're just so constrained by it did you accomplish that because i for the first couple weeks my sleep cycle would always kick me out of bed at that same time anyhow i'm sure i'm sure I think what happens is, like, you probably wake up at your normal time, whatever that is. Right. But then there's that knowledge of, like, I don't have to get up. Yeah. This is, the, this is literally the best. Yeah. No, no one can hold me back until they get fed up with me and send me yeah. to summer camp. But yeah. like, right. Um, so mine was kind of a two-parter. It's sleeping until noon slash staying up until midnight. Mm. Oh, okay. Because that's the corollary behind this is really... Not only do you get to sleep in, but with my family, the bed, the I, I didn't really have a solid bedtime to begin with. Wow, I, lawless I, over there. It was, it was, it was in a, the Manfredi household. It was a wild country over there. Um, but especially once the summer came, there was no like. I mean, I would stay up. I, mean, I think we've talked about the fact that my dad worked like the swing shift, right, right, right. So he didn't get home until after midnight. So I summer was when I could yeah stay up until post midnight mm. wait for him to get home and watch letterman or whatever yeah. sports thing we had record i had recorded for him that night and if i stayed up till one thirty two in the morning who cared i, I could sleep until noon yeah it's not the, a big deal so what time are we talking for you guys is this uh say second third grade or is this off we're off into junior high or is it what are we i think it i think it really varies i mean as as a young kid, let's say if you're in elementary school, I bet you're sleeping in till eight, nine o'clock. Yeah. I think still your natural tendency to get up and get out, plus the pressures of, like I mentioned earlier, you know, eventually being shuttled off to summer camp kind of kick in. Yeah. Like eventually, like you have a little bit of freedom, but then eventually three months is a long time to be off for your parents. Mm-hmm. And you're still, you still have parents and they still have their own responsibilities. And uh, I think. As you get older, it probably gets later. 
because they don't have to wake you up because they need to go do something. They can just let you sleep in yeah. because you can stay home by yourself. Right, yeah. There's definitely that there's definitely that time period of like you can sleep in for a while because you can, but not that long. Yeah. Well, that's I find and, it, and then and then once you get old enough to be home alone, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, things go crazy yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. You brought up, Richard, an interesting aspect of the culture that I was drawn to was late night culture in terms of entertainment. Sure. So that that's the time when I could stay up late and I started to kind of discover, oh yeah, these are my tribes or this is my These are my art. people. This right. is my people, these late night guys. I remember being, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade and I would record Letterman from uh, and then watch it when I would get home from school the next day. Uh-huh. But over the summer I didn't have to do that. I could actually stay up till 12:30 and yeah. watch it. Yeah. And it felt different. Yeah. Even though it was, you know, I was on the West Coast, I was watching it pre-recorded anyway. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. was. It's not like I was watching it live or anything when I was watching it at 12:30, but it yeah. just felt like because the world it, is shut off. Uh, it, yeah. Right. And that, it felt felt like culturally like I'm watching it the same time that some other people yeah. here in the West Coast are watching it. We're all part of the secret tribe that's staying up late. Like yeah. It's really like this thing that, you know, we're, we're, we're getting over on somebody. Uh-huh. That's an interesting aspect of what is lost with time shifting. And then the in a recent interview with Conan O'Brien, he was talking about moving his show. Of course, his show was the Late Late Show. And then he got to be the Tonight Show. And then now he's on TBS just called Conan. And he says he's shifting from an hour to half an hour. And his commentary, when asked why, was if you examine the history of late night, the any time past 10 was a vast wasteland that nobody cared what you did. In fact, they would rather you did it a long time. Hey, fill an hour, fill 90 minutes, and do whatever the F you want. I don't care if you go out in the audience, talk to the audience. Right. If you drop stuff off a tower to see mm-hmm. if it smashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care if you do stump the band. It was this irreverent weirdos club that you got to be in for an hour. Uh, but it doesn't feel that way when you're watching it and Price is Right is on the channel <laughs> right <laughs> next after. to it. Right, and, and it doesn't, and it's not like that anymore. I mean, we kind of, in that interview, I know he mentioned that it's sort of gone to this format now where it's an hour long, for, every show is an hour long, and you know it's going to be a monologue, then a skit, yeah, then your guest. main guest for two segments, then maybe another skit, and then, you know, it's just, it's yeah. very formulaic. Yeah. Um, what, you know, for me, you know, sleeping in, I grew up in a place where it was really fucking hot in the summer. It was 100 degrees or more most of the summer. Mm. Um, and, it, and it would get hot early in the day. Well, the United so Arab just, Emirates. Right. I, yeah, yeah I, grew, <laughs> I, I grew up on the sun. Um, now, growing up near Fresno. And, and so you would wake up at like nine, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. It's already like you know, 85 degrees. Sure. You just want to go back to sleep, man. You don't want to go out and do it. You, yeah. you, not, even though it's going to get hotter, it's like your brain is just like it can't adjust yeah. to the heat. <laughs> it's just like screws it up somehow. You're not going to get up and run five miles. <laughs> Literally not, yeah. Michael, what's your second choice? Uh, my second choice, and uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier, it's summer camp. Oh, wow. I never went, so you'll have to educate me on this. I went to a number of summer camps, and I think that they start – you mentioned it earlier, Jeff – Three months is a long time, and I'm sure for parents, one, when your kid is young enough, you need someone to act as like a de facto school. 
they're basically we need to get them to another daycare because yeah. I still got to go to work. Yeah, I still have to be at work eight hours mm-hmm. a day. I was sent to a number of different summer camps. The first one when I was really young was just at our studio city park, and uh, you just got like a little yellow T-shirt and you were there for six hours or whatever. You're dropped off at ten. You did art classes and yeah. ran around, and played basketball, did every, you know whatever brought back home just to eat up some time. Yeah. Eventually, uh, I went to a number, I went to three different big summer camps with like my three best friends. The first one was this place called Cali camp with my friend, Joshua Burke. And this was a fucking rich kids summer camp. I do not know how <laughs> my parents afforded it. I went up and looked up prices. These were the snobs, not the slobs. Yeah. This yeah. is like in like, Malibu, Malibu yeah. Hills, yeah. Malibu Canyon. There's I went a thing up, called scholarships, Michael. And I went up and looked how much the prices are now, and I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine this is what it was comparable to back in the early eighties. Yeah. But right now, classic camp per day, a hundred and sixty-five dollars per day. Per day. Well, or, or eight hundred twenty-five a week, which is the exact same price, and that's how you know <laughs> it's like a rich kids camp. Because it's it equals out to this. Yeah. There's no discount. You just pay for a day or you pay for a week. Did they the have you doing activities like washing the dishes? <laughs> Michael, today you're going to learn about sweeping. I, I think I only went for like a week. But like it was one of those things where you got on a bus and they sang all these yeah. songs and da 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 and you go and you do archery and nah, 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 yeah. nah, and it's like it you was shoo- like shoot a human. It, <laughs> <laughs> That's the cool thing about this you camp. Get to eat them. Eventually, I started going to uh, a couple of summers, I went to like a sleepaway camp mm-hmm. for like a few days, four or five days or a week. I don't even, you know, I, I don't remember how long it was. Yeah. I went to one through my Unitarian church with my friend Clark Gilly, which was great. This place called the Beneville Pines. And the my main memory was that we had to do a skit. <laughs> like in front of everyone. And we just stood up there and it was me and him. And we did this thing where we said, yo, yo. Yo, 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 DeBanneville raps. And that was it. That was all the effort that we put into there. Wow. That's all that was required. You just had to do something. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I went to a third one when I was like a year older and I was like early teens. Yeah. And I felt so out of place with all these people that are just like this budgeting sexuality. Oh, and yeah. I was very much like, uh, I'm not ready for it any yeah. of this commingling <laughs> of genders. Skinny dipping, and yeah, I'll wear my shirt. And I'm there for like a week, and it was just like, ah, I, this is so uncomfortable, and I couldn't wait to get home. Oh, my God. But summer camps are these weird things where people, some people are real big camp kids, and yeah. they love to go every summer, and they love to get away for a week or however long they're gone and sleep over and do yeah. the whole, you know, getting bit by mosquitoes or putting on all, like, it was just like, mm-hmm. but for me, part partially it was like, Ah, this is so, so yeah. horrible. Yeah. I imagine it's like that for a lot of kids, too, that are just sent away, and they're just like, I hate, I, I want to be inside, and I want to read my comic books. I I had basically the ghetto camp, the day camp thing, where it was through the YMCA. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. unlike 165 per week, it was probably $1.65 sure, per week. Sure, And you got a bologna sandwich, and uh, you got poison oak, and you got the camp experience but it was all did you get bullied you got those are just the counselors i don't yeah <laughs> i don't think i got noticed that much i think i 
I don't re- even remember. I think we made God's eyes, and we might have done archery, but it was pretty much, it was pretty much camp at the picnic pavilion in the local park. It wasn't that far off yeah. into the woods or anything like that. And the second time I went to camp was I, I don't know if I told you guys that I was I was for a few years a member of the uh, um, campfire girls. Oh yeah, um, I, I was so attracted to this girl <laughs> <laughs> i love this girl. and i kind oh, of she Jeff was chat. I, I was in one fourth grade and she was in the other fourth grade that we had in our school and i and it was it wasn't really any way for me to see her except for joining her youth organization <laughs> which happened to the be very forward thinking and that 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 year they started to accept boys into their roster um were you the only boy i was the only boy mm. um and all the uh all the like the little badges and and patches and things still said campfire girls on them, they had not re-embroidered any of the things yet. Um, so I, I was, I actually loved it because I was not a very sports-related kid. I was not a bruiser, tough kid, macho, hanging around with girls and braiding their hair and like talking about horses and stuff like that. That was pretty awesome. But then we had to raise money. Um, they were talking about Camp Fire Girls Camp, and it was like for one week in the Central Missouri. Uh, location and I swear I saw this girl write down her name for camp so I wrote down my name I was going to go to camp and I had to raise money by going door to door and selling candy in my campfire girls costume (laughs) and if you think people are annoyed by kids selling candy they're really annoyed by a kid in a girl's costume (laughs) selling candy (laughs) in Kansas in Kansas there was a lot of clueless looks and I went, raised all that money, went to camp, Camp Fire Girls Camp. I was the only boy at Camp Fire Girls Camp. The only boy in, there was one, there was the boys' cabin, was me. And all the other girls had no fucking idea why I was there. And that girl who I liked did not go to camp. She must have, <laughs> she must have. Not raised enough. Not uh, raised enough money or something like that. Or saw it and found out that you were going. You found out the freak was going, so. Wow! It was horrible. It was horrible. How did you? How, that's in, well, that's an incredible story. It was ridiculous. More incredible. How did you never go to one camp, Richard? Yeah, because my mom didn't work, so she didn't mm. have to. Didn't have off. to go to a camp. Mm. I did for a couple of years ago to vacation Bible study, oh. but it was just at the at the Lutheran church or whatever down the street. Yeah. Not that I was religious or anyone in my family was religious. And my friends and I mainly spent most of the time writing dirty things inside the Bibles. Well, nice. I went. Sorry, I, God. I went to a Unitarian church every Sunday for a number of years and went to like Sunday school. And me and my friend Clark would just play with G.I. Joe's and He-Man and roll down the hill and not really pay attention. <laughs> it was a place for my parents to drop us off so they could yeah. go to the gym and work out. Yeah. Literally. Like, wow. It was Sunday at 10. We were dropped off. We were picked up at noon. They got a two hour Workout, yeah. workout, workout session, in, and we go to McDonald's <laughs> or something. No, my mom, like I said, my mom didn't work, so she, I, she was home the whole time, so yeah. I didn't, didn't have to. Okay, what's your second, Richard? And this also plays into it. The second one, by the way, I grew up in a small town, so I got to basically, uh, when I would finally roll out of bed around noon, I would just get on my bike, and I'd just start riding my bike over to my friends' places. Oh, okay. Until I find find a friend who wasn't doing anything either, or I'd find out where my friends were and hang out the rest of the day. And so that's, that's my second one is riding uh, my bike to my friend's house. Yeah. 
because I grew up in a town that at the time was probably about 7,000 people. And this, th- this, this still blows my, my wife, Sarah, away every time I, I talk about this. Or even when I got older, into high school, when I could drive, or even into college, when I'd come back and visit for the summer, I wouldn't pick up the phone and like start calling people and say, hey, what are you guys doing tonight? Or what are you doing today? Can we want to go hang out? I would just get in my car and just go drive from people's houses to people's houses. Yeah. And just knock on doors. But when I was younger, it was the same thing. It was just riding your bike. I never called my friends hey, to see is, what they were doing. Is Tony in? I want to... Can Tony come out and play? Yeah, that's basic, basically yeah. it. Yeah, I wouldn't call. No one would call and say, hey, what are you doing? Are you around? Hey, is so-and-so home? No, you just get on your bike because it was a 10-minute yeah. bike ride. Yeah. And you go over to I go over to Corey's house. And, oh, Corey's not here. Oh, he's over at Chris's. Okay, that's the other side of town. Another 10 minutes right over there. Or they already took off. They went down to the park. Okay, great. And it would just... Now, maybe they are just hiding from me. <laughs> this is also possible. But no, they're they're at Camp Fargo Camp. What? In Nobody. Missouri. No boys go to Camp Fargo no. Camp. No self-respect. That's boy. ridiculous. Eventually, and eventually, you would everyone would like just kind of catch up to each other. And it was a small enough town that it just this is just what you did. And I, this is not something that my kids will ever have the luxury of doing, mm-hmm. which kind of bums me out because I live in Los Angeles, and her friends live, you know miles apart from each other she goes to a charter school so it's not like they're even really there's a couple of kids who are within sort of walking distance or close to her yeah but I, i'm not gonna let her go ride her bike around los angeles yeah oh you want to get her killed yeah no 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 way and so so it's like if she wants to go do something over the summer it has to be like the we're gonna get a play date scheduled and even now that she's going in sixth grade it's like well Let's call up and let's see if we can get a time that we can make it work out and I can drop you off. Da, 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 da. I never had to deal with any of that. It was literally just wake up. Okay, mom, I'll see you. I'll be home before dinner. And I would just go and I'd be gone the rest of the day. Yeah. And everyone else would be gone for the rest of the day or we'd go over to somebody's house and play, play Sega or we'd uh, literally just play basketball all day. Maybe mm-hmm. your mom did have a job and you were just <laughs> unaware of it. <laughs> totally. about just riding around. Was the phone the instrument of the adults like for, for me like uh, i if you if you called somebody's house their parents were just going to answer it anyway so that's i might true. as well just go right over there yeah i think that's all, that's part of it and it wasn't that cutesy sort of like uh you know uh cosby show yeah. you know hello huxtable house this is Rudy yeah. speaking how may i help you yeah. it was always like hello is your dad around? No, click. <laughs> I also like, and then you just like you're just like I don't care. He was asking for my dad. He's you wouldn't want to talk to the adult either because the conversation would be, yeah, is Tim there? Oh, he is. Cool. I'm gonna come over. We're gonna get him some shit. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put bottle rockets on the cat. Be right there. Right. We're gonna go on the on the on the roof and throw shingles yeah. at each other, which is <laughs> something we did one time. And then I cut the hell out of my foot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it looks like we are at a halftime, and this is the moment where we implore you to go to the places where you find our podcast. If you found it on Stitcher, go there. iTunes, go there. And please rate and review uh, the podcast, review episodes. We'd appreciate your feedback. We could also ask you to help podcasting in general by supporting our fellow podcasters who are out there. And this is a promotion for one of them. 
Ladies, we all know the best part of the day is when you finally get home and get rid of the one thing you've been dreaming of ditching for hours, your bra. If you're like me, sometimes you don't even make it to the front door. Hi, I'm Erin Whitehead, host of the Braless Podcast, where once a week I kick back, relax, and have fun conversations with different guests about all kinds of topics. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me on the Braless Podcast, unhooked and unleashed. And screw those guys. I don't care if you support them or not. I want you to support us. And I want you to do that by going to the Facebook page, to the Twitter page, going to Instagram and interacting with us. Uh, by liking the, the posts and by suggesting future episode topics. We'd love to find out the kind of things you want us to talk about. We may ignore them completely, or we may invite you to be a guest on our show. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, another thing you can do is support us by supporting Audible, going to www.audible.com forward slash trial. I forget what the URL is. Um, Go to Audible Trial slash Rushmore and uh, uh, the, the glazed looks the that glazed Richard looks. and I are giving okay, Jeff I'll read, right I'll now. I'll read the thing. I'll read the thing. Um, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out the service. Uh, you could go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore and look around for a book that you like. You might like if you like summer. You might like One Summer, an uplifting feel-good summer romance by Jenny Hale and Helene Maxud. That's an audible audiobook that you can uh, download and listen to, or you can read on all of the devices. I'm not going to name the devices because they pretty much work on all the devices. And you can go between reading and listening. And if you don't think Audible is for you, if you don't like it after the 30-day trial, you get to keep the book. So, hey, there's no harm, no foul. Um, as Vin Diesel probably says. So uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. I'll repeat it, audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. You know what is a great summer book to read? Uh, it's a book by Michael Chabon called Summerland. Oh. Which is a wonderful book about like uh, kind of like land of fairy, but also baseball. Okay. It is fabulous like i i read it a bunch of years ago and it's just like a de delightful book that's kind of aimed at like kind of someone they're like early teens uh -huh. to you know even young adult a little bit older and that it's just it's just a really great book about like these people that play like these kids this kid that plays baseball but then kind of travels around with this traveling baseball team and goes to all these different like the land of fairy but you have to play by their rules because you're on their diamond oh. and so like some things don't really make sense but it was a really delightful book that check, sounds, check that one out that sounds cool speaking of summer that sounds cool he sure takes like these popular cultural topics and then gives us another look at them mm, yeah like. okay um michael what's your third my third one is swimming all yes. right non stop swimming i was lucky enough to live across the street from a couple really good friends my friend josh who uh, i went to summer camp with and my friend eric uh both of them had huge pools i mean oh, i have awesome. no idea if there are huge pools but as a kid yeah every pool is gigantic a huge pool, yeah um 
I didn't learn to swim until uh, I was a lot older, like close to 10. Oh. And Josh Burke nearly drowned me in his pool when I was like six or seven, seven or eight, something like that. Like he held me under the water. Is that where you got the brain damage? So my next pick <laughs> is swimming, just nonstop swimming. Like I, I, it's funny, my son Felix is one and I see him kind of um, doing that thing where he's cruising around the couch where he's just like holding mm-hmm. on to the couch yeah. and, just, da, 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 and moves to like a coffee table, just cruises around. I did that like at seven or eight years old, cruising around the pool, yeah. never actually swimming, just like going yeah. around. You and I are the same. We didn't, I didn't learn how to swim until I was like 10 or 11. Now, yeah. Are you talking about like going in the deep end? Swimming? No, like actually knowing how to swim. Oh, wow. I didn't learn, like, and it was very, it was this very embarrassing thing to learn to swim at 10 or 11 or whatever oh. it was. Because you were the dork ass with the water wings. You were the kid that like had to learn how to lie on a boogie board and kick your feet and hold on to the edge and oh, yeah. kick and whatever and learn how to swim. And you eventually had that big day where you jumped off the the diving board in and paddle out and learn to stay underwater and not get freaked out. But the moment you do learn how to swim, it is the most liberating thing in the world. You're just like, holy shit, I can fucking swim. <laughs> I can go underwater. I can dive down deep. I can get up. Yeah. I can jump off a thing. I can swim. And I have two friends across the street and I can just go over and I can just swim all day. And it's just so, you're That's just, awesome. you're so ecstatic about just the idea. Like, I bet I could jump into this pool and swim all the way underwater to the other side. Yeah. Without coming up for breath. What, how far back could I get the uh-huh. other way? <laughs> and like, it was, swimming was such a weird, liberating thing, especially for someone that, like, Richard, when, like, when you're so old and you learn how to swim that late, you feel like, it's it's such a weird. It was such a it's weird an awakening. F- right? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I learned more by just being teased so much that I eventually just kind of jumped in the water and decided I'm not I'm not getting teased anymore no. about this. Yeah. I didn't go to like a swim lessons or anything. Uh-huh. I did have one of my sisters did live in an apartment that had a swimming pool. So at some point I just sort of like bunkered down and was like I'm either going to drown or I'm going to learn how to do this because mm-hmm. I am tired of getting getting crap about this. And yeah, I had friends who would think it would be funny like to throw me in the water and I can't swim and you actually think this is how I die. Uh, my mom never learned how to swim. I don't know if my mom knows how to wow. swim now. And she was the one she was the one that pulled me out when my friend Josh had like pushed me under. Oh. Like she was across the street at our house and we were like watched by like their housekeeper, their yeah. pair or something and she got a call that like Michael's not bored. like literally oh I was my like God. yeah it was like she had to pull me out of the water or whatever wow holy crap so what happened to you did you have an impact in your head or you just were underwater and you didn't know how to get did you out you take in water and you just couldn't probably I I mean who who knows but I my friend was just like holding me down oh her. wow I don't think he was trying to kill me I think he was just, it was just <laughs> you don't think well it's just you know horseplay or whatever yeah. but it's just like one of those things where. Uh, wow. You know that I think that probably was the awakening of like, oh, you need to learn how to swim yeah. if you're going to hang out with this kid that tried to drown you. Cool, Richard. What do you got? All right. So uh, my next one is uh, related to that. It is the slip and slide. Oh wow! And that's fun because we did not have a pool because I uh, we was poor people, um, but we did have a slip and slide. Um, 
And that's something that you only do as a kid. Yeah. If I tried, I was talking about this with uh, Sarah, my wife, uh, no, earlier and, today. And if you're if you're a drunken adult reliving your childhood through kickball, yeah. you eventually get into like drunken slip and slide. <laughs> yeah. And you probably break your leg or separate your shoulder or like something you're, you're stupid. Because that's a GoPro commercial or something. Yeah, slip and slide. If I tried to, if I tried to slip and slide today, it would be slip and slide and break my leg <laughs> in three places. That's uh, exactly what would happen. Uh, I'll let Emily tell this story like on Twitter or something, but she had a friend that did slip and slide, but they set up the slip and slide on like gravel rocks. Oh no. Oh, and she was very drunk. Not Emily, her friend in like Mm -hmm. college. Uh, I'll everyone check out our Twitter to find out the story that I'll make Emily tell. Is it a good one? Well, you know, when you end up black and blue and not knowing like the next day, how you got black and blue. Ooh, no good. Yeah. Anyway, no. so anyway. as a kid, as it's a, a lot less black and blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because you bounce. You're a kid. You, you, yeah, you, you just you have no life. You're made out of stretch arms. And it's set up on grass like normal. Like re- regular yeah. people. Yeah. Um, my friend, my, my best friend growing up, Corey Reeve, his, uh, his family, his dad managed to get a hold of like this g- giant sheet of like tarp, like plastic, clear plastic tarp. Is this redneck slip and slide? Yes. And he basically did hit the whole lawn he just covered it in this tarp and we just got like a, a sprinklers and just sprinkled water it down and you could slip and slide down the whole backyard and we played slip and slide wiffle ball oh wow where you would you'd hit the ball and then you would sl- you know you could yeah. slide from halfway down the line from into the base, base yeah that's fun um until you realize that the water only stays for so long and then you hit like that dry patch yeah <laughs> And there's your Shaving. skin that's left laying like you've been filleted, basically. Um, you lose your eye on a grommet. Yeah, ba- yeah. yeah basically. Yeah. Um, see, we even had the more uh, redneck version of that. Uh, we had, at one point when I was growing up, we had moved the garage. We had torn it down and moved it from like basically our backyard, like one side of it to another side of it. And so where the garage had been, was just a big patch of dirt, uh-huh. a big garage-sized patch of dirt. And one year, my dad decided to just, he would just water the hell out of it, and that'd be a mud bog that my friends and I could play in. I was like eight or <laughs> nine or something like that. And if you, the mud bog. And if you're like eight, and you get to play in a mud bog. Let's go to Knott's Berry Farm. I got a better idea. <laughs> Kids today, they'll never know the joy. Oh, my God. It was oh. so much fun. You could play mud foot. We'd play mud football. We'd uh, get an inner tube and you could just slide on that thing and bounce on it and go and splat in the mud. It was so much fun. They How deep um, was the mud ball. It was. It was. You know, we dirt. lost. We lost some kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never so Tony's not coming back. I tried to write over to his place. Well, he's, not, he's not coming back. The bug takes what the bug wants. <laughs> um, I do like that there is a still a commercial version of that. Is like you know slip and slide. Everyone you know it's a it's like the Kleenex. You know it's a brand name yeah. for a a, tar, a plastic tarp that you put yeah. down. Uh, I distinctly remember the Crocodile Mile commercials. Oh yeah, trying to sell Whoa, that. Never heard of this. So what? it was a big plastic. Sh- it's basically slip and slide. Hello, Paul Hogan here. <laughs> we watched <laughs> we watched Crocodile Dundee two nights ago on Friday. How was it with Emily and her mom? Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> this made me uh, come up with a topic. Which we were sitting there and I was trying to figure out like the language of the topic, which was Mount Rushmore of movies or Matt Rushmore of movies based on actors specifically. 
Oh, okay. Like, it's like the Paul Hogan is this guy, yeah. and this movie could not have been made without this guy. I, I can't figure out... Like like a, a, an actor's persona. Based on an actor's persona. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. Jack Black and whatever yeah. Jack Black is. It's like... Yahoo Serious. There's Young something... Yeah. yeah, there's something I haven't quite figured out. Uh, but anyway, so it's like a sheet of, you know... Uh, Crocodile Mile. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a sheet of, like, plastic that you water down. And at the end of the sheet is, like, an inflatable bump. And there is a crocodile mouth-like uh, plastic thing over it. So you run and you slide down this thing and you hit this inflatable bump. Yeah. And you fly through the air, through the crocodile's mouth, <laughs> into, like, a little pool of, like, water and, like, yeah. an inflatable. So you ha- it's like this. It was a whole... S- I've never done it. I've never had any no. friends that had it. No, not at all. But on TV, on TV, it looks incredible. And like the crocodile talk to you. We'll try to find the commercial. That's pretty amazing. Slip and slide seems is such a. Uh, it's, a it's such a. And then there's the. By the way, this hmm. is not really related to. There, but kind of is. It's, it's it's aquatic. The friend that had the uh, the above ground pool. Do you have any friends at the above ground pool? I didn't. Emily, I Emily has in Indiana where my wife grew up. Everyone had an, like not everyone, but the people that had a pool had an above ground pool. It's very much an Indiana, Kansas, yeah. Central California sort of thing. Yeah, no. where it would just kill the lawn that was underneath it, and the water would be like kind of semi fetid at yeah. some point oh, because yeah, yeah. there's no like filtration really yeah. happening. It's just often somebody, a squirrel or a raccoon or something. Dead, awesome. squ- yeah, yeah, dead in there. Yeah. I also feel like the above ground pool, you could also cut yourself on a, s- a stainless steel seam. Sure, that yeah. That was there. Or a staple you, or something. Yeah, that staple would be and nail. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, your last one is what, Michael? Uh, mine is the end of summer as a kid, and that oh. is the summer job. Oh. And there is a point when you realize you can't just exist Hanging out for three months, you have expenses. You've grown past the point where you are getting an allowance. Yeah. And you have to have some sort of thing to fill your time because you have other things to do. You have, like, nights. You have summer nights suddenly. Yeah. Like, once you get, like, at the end of summer as a kid, you have summer as, like, a teenager. And you have summer as, like, I can't just sit around doing nothing and I making $5 a week for chores mm-hmm. of, like taking out the trash just just not yeah. cutting it or whatever yeah. um my first summer job was working at the 1994 world cup at the pasadena rose bowl when i was like 16 years old and i was standing out in the sun trying to sell hot dogs and hamburgers and operate the cash register and sell sodas and eventually getting not paid for a lot of that oh work. wow did you did you work on commission Whatever the company that I signed up for with me and a few of my friends, they just didn't. The did they you. just didn't. They just took off. And oh. it lets you know that soccer and FIFA has always been corrupt. <laughs> and it is corrupt on every level. We literally stood out. Like, I stood outside in the suns and got blisters on my ears. It was so hot and so unprotected. And they, mm. they didn't care. You're just standing out in these whatever. And, like... I remember that was my first thought of like I like I'd babysat before, but this was my first experience of working for a company or working yeah. for the man. And, and you got 16, screwed over. And you got we got screwed over. I also got ditched by my friends. Oh. Who like I had to take the money to the counter area 
at some point, and they just took off, and I was just ditched at the Rose Bowl, and I had to like call oh, my mom God. to come pick me up like an hour, two hours later. So I'm seeing a pattern here, Jeff. His friends have tried to drown him. Yeah, <laughs> they stranded him at the Rose Bowl. What is I was going also on vo- with your friends? I was also voted most popular. <laughs> and then eventually, like I got like a summer job that turned into like just a weekend job, but it had its like. I don't know. It's roots in the summer when I was working for a place called Suntans to Go. Oh, yeah. Slash Coffee to Go. Mm-hmm. When I was working at, like, the suntan parlor that my mom yeah. used to go to. My mom, ex-bodybuilder. and uh, This is why she can't swim, by the way. Too much muscle mass. <laughs> <now. laughs> right. She's too dense. She sunk just right down. But it's, like, that first summer job is just, like, you know it's over. You know your summer is no longer just yeah. only sleeping in and only this lack of responsibility. You, at some point, have to go... And go earn some money because you want to try to go out at night or buy comic books or rollerblade down to 31 <laughs> flavors and get a pint of gold medal ribbon and rent some, I don't know, anime videos. <laughs> and then you're also going to get some comic books and then spend your nights doing that. So, I mean, I mean I'm just throwing out as an example, not as something that I very specifically did. Right. Yeah, no, you know? it's just an example. Yeah. yeah not my lonely kind of adolescence, <laughs> teenagedom of just like kind of hanging out alone playing, you know, Yoshi's Island. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sad. There's so much melancholy. But I had a job there. at least. Yeah, I guess. I didn't. I didn't have a job until summer job till college, so I didn't really have that same. And it was because I had so much. I my my mom actually told me you do so you do so much during the school year. You have so many damned extracurricular activities. She actually was like, I kind of want you to have like the summer yeah. off because I did who's sports. Gonna, who's going to tend the bog? Yeah. <laughs> Bog ain't gonna water itself. <laughs> You're a bog watcher. Your daddy was a bog watcher. <laughs> His daddy was a bog <laughs> watcher. Um, so yeah, she was like, you know, you. I was editor of the school newspaper. I did did jazz band, regular band, and I did sports. And she was just like, dude, I, I just love, take this, just take the summer the, off. That we are just like nerds cut from the the same cloth on different sides of the cloth. Like yeah. it was just like the entire nerd tapestry was right. like rolled out. <laughs> it's on this side is like comic books, anime, rollerblading. Uh, Star Wars, The yeah. Simpsons. On the other side is Simpsons, jazz, and then jazz, jazz, jazz band, band. Uh, school newspaper. School. <laughs> it's like it's like Simpsons is like the one like where the Venn right diagram the kind of overlaps. <laughs> no summer job ever, not till college. Okay, uh, what's your final choice? All right, so my final choice is going to the fair. Oh, um, I'm sure Jeff wearing your bonnet and your dress. Well, you know, we had the, the best the best mud competition that we had to enter every year, so we had to bring our, our finest mud that we had to raise for the 4-H club. Taste up. Mm, tastes kind of silty. <laughs> got, got a little bit of mineral in it. R- Red ribbon. The fair, no! The fair feels like this is something that has always been in your blood. And I don't, I don't mean it just in terms of... Like Literally a, in the blood? Like in terms of like this is the reason why you might have had a quadruple bypass... Uh, right, a heart attack, right? Because of all the fair food that you have eaten. Over well, we the dis- years. we discussed how many of the fast food monstrosities from last week that I actually wound up eating. I'm concerned about the fair. Well, the fair is great. I think that this this fair lifestyle might have impacted you. I think it's it my resulted mo- in. A, I think it's my. Do you have a a baboon heart now? I don't know how this works. <laughs> I do have one. It's not the one I'm using. I just okay. have one just as a general. <laughs> More like a totem mm. as anything else. Was you the, have had which fair? Uh, it was the Fresno County Fair. Okay, so it was the county fair. Yeah, and as a kid, it, it wasn't about eating 
crap food. I I, yeah. I ate crap food every day. I didn't need to go to the fair to do that. Uh, Again, my, I had a mom. Amateurs. I had a mom that fed me bacon sandwiches every morning for breakfast. I didn't need to go to the fair to eat their crap. My friend, my friend Josh Burke, <laughs> that almost drowned me, and that I went to the super expensive summer camp with. Um, also, I went with his family to the LA County <laughs> Fair oh. once, and they, uh, they. They forgot about me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I, it's funny that, that this podcast brings this stuff up and brings yeah. these memories up. Like, I remember, like, being around, like, the petting zoo at some point and looking around and no one was there. And I couldn't find them for, like, half an hour. And I don't know how I found them. But I'm here now recording this podcast. But at some point, I was ditched. At <laughs> and also at the Rose Bowl. So I forget about that. No, I, going to the fair was, I remember being a, as a kid. That was, we talked about a little bit this with the mall episode that we did a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But for me, I remember the fair being one of the first places where it was like, you got to go with your friends and like, I, you know, like my parents would take me and my friends and they would just drop us off with like 20 bucks yeah, and say, okay, we're going to meet you back at the Ferris wheel in four hours. And they would go do whatever they were going to go do. And we would go do kid shit. You know, and so I remember that being like being 10 or 11. That's one of the first times like you got to go do something just like with your friends, like at an event, mm-hmm. go out and do something that was like a, a super fun like activity on your own. Yeah. There's and you lot, got to be out, out in the wild, basically. There's a lot of freedom in your choices like this and uh, oh, riding my bike, riding your bike wherever and sleeping in and staying up late. Like there's a lot of like, hey, that's Jeff's job to psychoanalyze uh, me. OK, <laughs> well, I'm I wasn't even going to do it. Uh, <laughs> Jeff is over, but like it's interesting to like to see like the things that you pick up on, as like your summer is like this freedom. Yeah, like, that's, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's it for a lot of kids too, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. opportunity to get to just not be like you said earlier, constrained. Yeah, because you're constrained at school all the time. Um, but I don't know. I just I love the fair. I love doing the crappy rides that are probably going to give you a, a concussion. Yeah. You know, like all the really bad like zippers and mm-hmm. that are really shoddily constructed and, and the guy running it looks like he's probably falling asleep yeah. while he's running it. He slept under the or the ride last night and he woke up and ate a corn dog and then right. drank a fifth of whiskey. And now how, how ubiquitous is, are those carnies? Like yeah. those guys all look sketchy. Jeff, <laughs> were you ever a carny? Uh, I worked, I was at Carney at the Renaissance Festival one summer oh that's like that's like leading around a donkey yeah <laughs> like well, that's we, holding the reins on a donkey just walking in a circle we, slightly faster than usual we had a giant swing that you would pull and it would elevate the it would swing the person up in the air and was then, it ye old giant it swing was, yeah ye old giant <laughs> swing the royal ye old uh giant swing and actually i think i was it was on my watch somebody fell off i think so <laughs> but the, the taste of freedom that you have in this contained area like a theme park Mm-hmm. It's the fair, and uh, it's sawdust and it's dirt and it's bad food and it's and it's and it's the carnival. Like I, I love I, I love the carnival the the games. Yeah, I could spend a hundred dollars playing those carnival games for a one dollar stuffed animal. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. The one that I'm really good at is the horse racing one, yeah. where you've got like the 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 billiard ball and then they've got like the little contraption that's got the holes. Oh, and no, no, you ever no. seen this one? It's like the rollerball, like ski ball. Somewhere. It's kind of yeah. And then there's like at the very top, there's like one hole, and it's like three, three, uh, it's worth three, and like your little horse goes up three. Mm-hmm. Below that's two, and below that's one. I've got like a technique for this. Oh, okay. And I am le- I, 
I, I say I'm about 50-50 to win that thing anytime I sit down. Wow. Anything else I could be, I'm, I'm just absolute yeah. garbage out. Step right up, step right up, not you, sir. Step right Nobody, up, step right no, up, not you're, you. You're banned, no, you're banned, right you're banned. <laughs> um, you can win anything between the comb <laughs> and the pencil sharpener. This shelf just, here, just, the spider ring. It's anything and right, right in this section between <laughs> here and here. I do have two very specific memories of getting screwed over by cornies. Oh. Uh, one <laughs> screwed over. Okay. I said sure. over. Yeah. Um, one was the, uh, the, the ladder climb. You ever seen this one? Jacob's ladder. No, it's not Jacob's okay. ladder. It's, it's an actual, like a rope ladder and you have to try to climb to the top of it without it flipping over. Or you like falling off? Yeah. That's Jacob's ladder. Yeah. And okay. I got, I got to the very top. I was at the last rung and then suddenly it felt like I just sort of like went, whoop, yeah. and fell off. And my friends were like the carny hit it oh. and knocked you off. Oh. And I got in this big screaming match with this carny and I was like 12. <laughs> Which is, by the way, that, if that's not the most Fresno thing I could have possibly said, <laughs> big screaming match with a carny with while the I car- was 12. <laughs> um, I, th- I think the next year I did the one where you have to like break, you have to throw the baseball and you're just supposed to like be breaking the glasses. Mm-hmm. And I th- got the first two and then the third one, I broke it. I looked over and the carny was flirting with a girl. And then said, nah, you didn't break that one. Yeah. I was like, didn't you hear it? Well, you weren't paying attention. Well, wasn't it broken? Uh, and he's like, well, I, no, you just, you hit one that was already broken. Oh, man. I was like, no, get out of here. Oh. Um, but I just, just general, it's funny having kids now. Yeah. It's like, before you would, when you were a kid and you played that, because I didn't want stuffed animals. I, I love the. Uh, the Dukes of Hazard mirror. The mirrors were the best thing yeah. growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, you really played it just for the, to be able to say, Hey, I won this thing cause yeah. I'm good at this. Yeah. Now it's like, my kids are disappointed if I don't win them something. Oh, so I remember one year we went to the fair and I just, for whatever reason, I won the basketball shot. I won a different basketball shot. I did my usual rollerball thing. This is when we just had Vivian. And she wound up with like five. She was the kid who had like five different stuffed animals. Yeah. All like. That's baller. That's great. And this has been her expectation ever since. (laughs) I've set this like bar. (laughs) And so now I have to try and do this every time. Uh It's a burden, you guys. Don't. (laughs) There's a little little, little, uh, tip for you, Michael. Don't. Don't play the games too much. Don't win too much for, 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 the, for your little one. Be, He'll start expecting it. Be average. Be a loser in front of your child. <laughs> well, not a loser. Okay, just, be, just, be, just be not as big of a winner as you could. That's a very florid um, dis- description. That's, I feel like I experienced that with you. I could feel, smell the, the kettle corn. And oh, kettle corn is so good. Did your fair also have the other agrarian festival things like the livestock oh sure i grew up in fresno it was that was everyone did for it you know 4-h and so there was like the yeah friend had their prize you go over and see like my friend who had the prize pig Uh that kind of that kind of crap so uh this has been the mount rushmore of things uh of being a kid during the summer and it has been a trip down memory lane i think michael's observation is pretty astute it seems like your Summers were about exercising freedoms sure, and, absolutely. and breaking free of uh, your teachers, your parents, um, the daylight. Um, and then, Michael, yours seemed to be about uh, inviting the oppression of your peers, the torture, 
yeah, being held underwater, <laughs> uh, being brutalized by all your friends, but then the oppression of adulthood coming on, bringing in this yoke that we're all strapped to today and kind of wearing it for the first time, not really knowing at first that that's it. This is a step you took that you don't get to go back. Because <laughs> if so, would you even take it? Or, or would you? Oh, heavy size. Okay, so the things that really stood out for me, I think uh, both of you, you got in sleeping in and then um, definitely swimming was something that was just, I could f- see you re-experiencing that whole thing. You could see the terror in his the eyes. The terror, the terror. Um, the slip and slide sure was fun. Um, and the last one, just because it had so much kind of, uh, actually it's where we are now. It's the transition from our past to our present. Is the summer job that was so filled with melancholy it almost made me cry. <laughs> That's when you know that your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. That's when you know that summer doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Unless you're one of like our friends that are like, school's yeah. out for summer. <laughs> you're, like, you're like a teacher and you're like, so you just get three months off now yeah. as an adult? Do you still get paid for this? I don't know how this works. I don't know <laughs> if I like this. Michael, can we give Jeff a point for the Campfire Girl score story somehow? One hundred percent. As as official scorekeeper, can you just give him a point? Thanks, guys. Done. Thanks, guys. No, th- that was the uh, that was the right thing to do. Yeah, I wanted a girlfriend, but I got a point. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> And, and he got some badges out of it, yeah. too. So, hey, good on you. You're up to five points on the year, Jeff. <laughs> Pretty so, awesome. You know. Well, you you stopped, like... You I stopped, stopped doing the thing, You stopped I? doing the thing where you're just like... The board oh, went back. Oh, I'm going to do some research and actually yeah. uh, contribute an idea to this. That was going to be the bag, but I, I guess I did the bag. I didn't even do the bag. Uh, so this has been the Mount Rushmore of Kid as a Summer. Summer as a Kid. Uh, I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael.